Greetings, human beings, and welcome to the sixth episode of Apartment 303. My name is Dave, and alongside our co-hosts Adam and Scott, I would like to thank all of you for tuning into this episode, as well as for all your support and enthusiasm as our podcast continues to grow. If you're joining us now for the first time, welcome. Apartment 303 is a new podcast where every other Wednesday we invite you to discuss and debate all things community, attempting to delve into each and every layer of the show, what makes it work, and why we love it. So, without further ado, let me reintroduce Scott and Adam. How's it going, guys? What have you been up to since the last show? Hey, Dave. Uh, it's Adam here. I have been celebrating all of the birthdays that my family has. Uh, September's a big month for us, so happy birthday. Happy second birthday to my niece, uh, to my twin brother, to my mom, my cousin, to my aunt. There's just so many to name and uh, just a, a good month of celebrating here for our family. I've actually been dog-sitting this week. My friends left for Colorado and left me with their Australian cattle dog, the Blue Healer, which gr- works great because my dog is the Red Healer, so I have fire and ice sitting in my house. All right. The plan for today is to finish with a deep dive into Episode 9 from Season 2, Conspiracy Theories and Interior Design. To kick things off, however, we're going to start with a very different question, and that is, which character from another show would best fit into the study group? Adam, would you like to start things off? Yeah, and I I thought this was kind of a fun question. It just kind of came to me on a sleepless night one night. With television being what it is, there's a lot of overlap, and the nature of it is someone plays a character in this that's distinct from another character they're playing. They don't necessarily exist in the same universe. And I thought that was just kind of a fun thing to play with. What if there were some kind of crossover episode where someone who was not ordinarily in community became part of the Greendale 7? So I thought it was a fun premise. And I've got a list of a few top folks who I think would best fit in the study group. And Scott and I have just briefly discussed, and we've got a couple similarities we know, but hopefully mm-hmm. this, this does kind of give us a, a nice, fun discussion. And I will admit, for one of my answers, I did kind of bend the rules of sitcom characters. So you're uh, breaking know, the I, rules already. Well, I wrote the rules, so I get to break it. That's how it oh, works, right? I, I, I suppose we'll have to okay. let it pass. Okay. So with that said, I want to ask: Have you seen the show Barry on HBO? No, I have starring Bill Hader. Oh, where he's a detective, right? Yeah, he's a hitman. Oh, okay, okay. So um, with, without giving too many spoilers away, that's. Uh, that's kind of where that show goes. It's not quite a sitcom. There's definitely some strong comedic elements to it. And I thought that Henry Winkler's character, he plays Gene Cousineau, is Mm -hmm. this retired actor slash director. And I thought he would actually be a really good fit for community. There's at some point in time that he finds out some pretty devastating news. Mm -hmm. And I think hypothetically, if that could happen to where he would then join the community cast, that would be a pretty clean break. And I think there's several fun things about him. He possesses some of the characteristics that Pierce did, 
in mm-hmm. terms of you know having come from this accomplished line and this this legacy that he has in place he's a little bit self-absorbed certainly and i think that would be kind of a fun person to bring in he could also then come in actually as a professor and i, I in my mind i thought it'd be funny if he had a beef with professor garrity and they could like develop these different factions of actors <laughs> one follows garrity one follows mr Kuzno. And then turn that into some kind of West Side Story-esque musical standoff. So wow. I thought that would be a fun pitch to get him introduced. Maybe a little bit limited on the ability to have him continue to come back season after season if it were to hypothetically continue. So Yeah, I'm just kind of curious how you envision pairings in terms of other characters in the Greendale 7 on like like a side adventure Obviously, we have Troy and Abed, and then mm-hmm. um, Annie and Jeff get paired frequently. Do you Did you see this character having any of that with your pitch? Yeah, and that's a good question, too. It depends on which character he, or what time he comes in and which timeline Ooh. he comes into. The timelines. So there's, there's definitely some, some variability there. I think it's possible to have him pair with, with Jeff, actually. Because, okay. you know, the original vision, I guess, was Chevy slash Pierce seeing a lot of himself in Jeff. Mm-hmm. And I think this could, again, just kind of fill that father figure type thing in, again, Henry Winkler's character is he's got enough baggage to where it wouldn't be like this perfect father knows best kind of fatherhood. It would be a little bit more gritty, I guess, given the past. And again, I don't want to give everything away, but. Yeah, man, that's a good start. And like for me, not even had having seen the show, I, I'm already curious to how this would roll a new character within the yeah. show. I don't always want to make a habit of suggesting people watch other shows in the community. Um, <laughs> but no, no. If, you the, if you have the access to Barry, it's definitely worth a watch. I, were, who jumped to mind for you, Scott? So this was a do you really... want to tell us about your process a little bit too? how you kind Absol- of came up with that? Yeah, absolutely. This was actually a difficult exercise for me, but I'm glad you pitched it because it really made me kind of work through nuances within other sitcoms that I watch and uh, the characters involved with them. One, my process really was, I started with the some of the obvious, the NBC shows that Community right. was pitched against, the most notably Parks and Rec, The Office, and I don't have enough 30 Rock um, exposure to really uh, speak to it. So I I didn't get into that. And one thing that kind of stood out for me was, or something I came to realize with community is a lot of the main characters don't really have gimmicks like other main characters from parks and rec or the office. You know, Michael Scott has his non PC. Yeah, exactly. Non PC type sense of humor that is, what captures that audience. Andy Bernard is just like outrageous. And like the other one I thought of was Chris Pratt's character in Parks and Rec. Andy Dwyer. The, Andy Dwyer. Thank you. You don't even watch the show and you know. Sure don't. It's okay. I'm like Rain Man. I see your value now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And none of these characters I mentioned are what I would pitch for the show. That was So that was my approach. And after looking through, through this lens, I came up with my first character, which is Ron Swanson. All right, um, lay it on me. Ron is a libertarian and is very, for lack of a better word, I guess, boring 
in terms of like how active he is within the show, but he's, he's just very centered in what he, he's an old kind of curmudgeon, I guess you might relate to him. Quite um, a bit. <laughs> but I really thought he could have fit in as, uh, where professor Buzz Hickey was at. Could yeah. have done like, and he could have rolled with, we could have rolled with Nick Offerman's, you know, woodworking thing. He could have been a woodworking professor. And this exercise was difficult for me because I was like, well, what era of community are we looking at here? Right. Are we looking at some when, you know, the later seasons when some of the characters are already rolling out? Or are we looking at like, you know, peak season two and a half to three? Like where, you know, we have our, we have our pacing and we have the way the um, writers roll out these episodes. So could we have thrown any of these characters in at any point and it would have worked? Maybe, maybe not. I think I Ron Swanson would would be my pitch though for Professor Buzz Hickey though. He, and he I think been... you make a really strong pitch there too. No offense to Hickey, but he no wasn't. He didn't do it for me. He was only there for a season, mm-hmm. and I think you certainly have hit on a point there in terms of the the curmudgeon factor. We could have gotten that in a more palatable way through Ron Swanson. And again, I'm not super familiar with parks and rec but i know enough about him to know that i i can appreciate ron swanson okay what's uh what do you got next who do you have next on your plate so actually it's interesting i i remembered a couple of things just as we were discussing this you know talking about a crossover and there is an obvious crossover in the community world which is when abed i'm gonna say abed rather than danny pooty actually shows up on the set of cougar town Mm-hmm. And they're Plays sitting outside Subway, Busy Phillips, and the other guy. Again, I'm really not familiar with Cougar Town outside of this one scene. They're talking, and Abed is very clearly prominent in the background and like nodding his head along in agreement. He's totally into <laughs> it, like he's watching the episode. And then he gets up and leaves, presumably because he has soiled his trousers, as he shared with Jeff in the my my dinner with andre homage episode yeah so that was one and then also the tv show chuck i don't know if you watched that that was kind of going out as community was just starting anyway in one of the very last episodes i think it was one of the last episodes last season yvette nicole brown and danny pooty actually are new hires quote unquote to the store and that was a an interesting way to kind of plug community. So it's it's not without precedent mm-hmm. to have you know some kind of crossover episode for community. I I want to move on. To... Are you talking about crossovers into for the community characters into other shows? Oh, just cross promotion is a better word for that. Yeah, you know, with with Abed being in Cougar Town, that would be a full on crossover, I would say. But. It was it was cross promotional to have Yvette and Danny play a small role in Chuck. Mm-hmm. So you know, with that said, I want to go into this is the one thing I know that you and I both have in common in terms the middle of, part of our Venn diagram. Yeah, so I think it makes a lot of sense to talk about Arrested Development. I think there are several characters that you could argue could could work on Community. The mm-hmm. Bluth family is totally dysfunctional and has limited those those poor people in so many different ways that they would fit kind of that, that broken person persona that yeah. plagues so many of our beloved Greendale students. 
And I, I want to submit to you my top pick, and again, kind of the logistics around how and why, and then I want uh, to hear from you. But I think the, the, the most seamless transition from one show to the other, like if you were to pluck him out of Arrested Development and put him into Community, would be Tobias. I All right. That, yep. I had that okay. one down. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you, I figured you had to. And I was watching one of the episodes today and I thought, boy, if if he actually got a divorce from Lindsay, I could see him going to Greendale, just picking up and moving and taking yeah. acting classes there. That seems really easy and obvious. And mm-hmm. he's enough of a, a nut to where he could do that. And, boy, the episode I was watching today was when he was shadowing the Blue Man group and he was, like, hiding in the background because he was all painted blue. Yeah. Which is so funny. And, again, something I could see totally happening at Greendale. That seems like uh, it could really work. And I think, too, that – so the actor is David Cross, who actually does end up playing a character. I think it's uh, Hickey's son, as a matter of fact. Yeah, it is. And – which was probably the best thing to ever come out of Buzz Hickey. That works on two levels there. I agree. But <laughs> I think if we had Tobias in the show before that, that would rid us of that episode. And that's when I felt like the, the D&D, the Advanced Dungeons and Dragons, or Advanced Advanced, I don't remember the name of the episode. It was one of the weaker episodes in my mind. So had David Cross been on the show... As Tobias, I think that could have saved us from what I felt was like a little bit of a forced episode. Okay. Okay. So we both had Tobias. Um, You, I think, pitched in a better way where he would have fit the mold within the community world. I want to tag on your pitch of like why he would would have ended up at Greendale and say like, you know, he gets a divorce from Lindsay and that maybe Funke would have actually followed him to Greendale. Um, his daughter and she would have been a active member of the actual study group, but she would have been using the study group to her complete advantage. Very similar in a way that Jeff had started out uh, with the group. I think, and she actually would have paired well with Jeff for some reason. I don't know why I just kind of foresee that as a pairing, but who knows? Okay, and it's you know it's interesting too. We talk about why Arrested Development could be a good fit, and we have to remember toward the end of Community's run, Kugler was a character, and that was actually played by Mitch Hurwitz, who was heavily involved, of course, right. with Arrested Development. So there, there's definitely some precedent there, and there's some reason to believe that logistically that that could have happened as well. As, yeah, you know, just based on character traits and things. Do you usually have? crossover between networks i don't know that's probably unlikely and it's a good question to ask i'm not i guess i'm not as familiar with it. i feel like that was something that was commonly done in you know the 90s or something like that i feel like yeah. kramer walked by um on mad about you one time or something crazy like that i don't know why i would remember that i never watched either <laughs> of those shows but again i just i'm part abed in remember yeah, those just, sorts of things yeah just a database of information i have one last one unless you want to pitch another you know i think i'm going to save one i think we will revisit this segment and do it again so i've got another doozy in the chamber here i'm going to save him for next time you know what then i will too
very excited today to finally get into a discussion of what is quite possibly my favorite episode throughout the entire series, and that is episode 9 from season 2, Conspiracy Theories and Interior Design. When Dean Pelton begins checking class schedules, he discovers that Jeff has listed a class that seemingly does not exist. Just when it appears that Jeff will be caught in this lie, the mysterious Professor Professorson emerges from the shadows to confirm that Jeff has, in fact, been taking his class at night school. Jeff later admits to Annie that he's never seen Professor Professorson in his life, and the two decide, with greatly varying degrees of enthusiasm, to find out who the professor really is. Meanwhile, while all this is happening, Abed and Troy are busy building the most elaborate blanket fort that Greendale, or possibly any community college, has ever seen. So kind of moving on plot-wise, after we've come to understand that this has probably been constructed by the dean with Professor Professor emerging, and Jeff admitting that, A, he has, up until this point, been committing fraud, but also does not have any idea who Professor Professor Sin is. Do you think there's been any other collaboration besides Dean and um, Garrity at this point? I think that Annie is in on it too. I think from pretty much the beginning, she's got to be in on it. because Her and the Dean have, were in yeah, on it. Yeah, you can tell kind of by the way she reacts to, oh, I got to go see this is the line that she uses when they go to the office supposedly occupied by Professor Sin. So I think Annie's in on it the entire time. That's true. And she would love to see him get oh, yeah. his, his just desserts. His comeuppance um, for sure. Yeah. His comeuppance. Absolutely. All right. And after, so after this segment, um, there is a fat Neil. This is the first reference. Yep. So after the first commercial break, when Jeff says, I don't know. Yes. Yeah. Then they, oh yeah, because he wants to go off the lunch. Yeah, and there's a there's Annie a fat asks, well, What do you want to do about it? And again, that to me lends credence to the fact that Annie's in on it because she's trying to angle him to to learn his lesson. And he says, "Yeah, Fat Neil's got that look in his eye. We better go to the <laughs> cafeteria." And I don't remember what it was that they would be missing. So yes, you're correct. That um, is before he the eats the to him. before he eats the last lima bean. Yeah, that's it. Sure. <laughs> um, that's. I, I like your take um, on that, that Annie's in on it. That was not what I had initially set up. and But now now if you look at the following um, bullet point I have here where Annie brings up the faculty directory, yep. we could, I, I think based on what you've said so far, that we could, yeah, at this point assume Annie and the dean are in on this. So Annie and following that up. that faculty document that she has says, does it say Wooly? Or does it say, gosh, and he's got so many different names. Yeah, that's his Wooly rather than Professorson. Yep. At this point, okay. when the faculty directory is brought up, he is exposed as being Professor Wooly. Um, Perfect. And, and one of the, uh, this is a new joke I just caught um, on, on a rewatch. Uh, when Jeff accuses Annie of working too hard at passive aggressiveness, one of the courses that Professor Wooly teaches is active passivity. Oh my gosh, that's brilliant! <laughs> Isn't that's that so just great. absolutely brilliant? I was, I, I was like, oh my, because I, you know, I had to pause and do a screenshot of it. I was like, yeah. Oh. Um, the other, the other course was Introduction to Basics. So yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned that because I had looked and stopped the screen 
to see just again the level of detail you can't be mm-hmm. surprised if you're still listening to our podcast at this point you can't be surprised that so much detail is put into the diorama at the beginning of the episode all of the different <laughs> classes that they have listed out mm-hmm. and all of the you know different trivia points on all the the professors there so it's really that's what i took away from it but i'm so glad to hear you share active passivity like that's just great so after the faculty uh annie brings up the faculty directory we get the phony explosive call which is kind of a mystery i all right my prediction is it's the dean and jeff kind of conspiring to do this where the dean tells jeff he's making a faint call because i don't think annie would do that to her diorama okay other than that i'm kind of at a loss for like what to what to think about that call and blow doing the car explosion is going to how it's going to drive anybody further um do you have any any thoughts on that the only thing I can think would be because after that is when Jeff really commits to mm-hmm. the pursuit of this. So I could actually see any, cause it's a, to use Jeff's words, a tiny, thoroughly underwhelming message that is sent. So <laughs> she could have done that knowing it wasn't actually going to damage anything. It would also be a good reason to assume that Jeff was going to try to save her. So I could see any being in on that, but I, I'm not married to that idea. Okay. Okay. That's a good take too. Um, yeah. Cause they're, they're, yeah. And we may be thinking about this even harder than the writers did. There's a chance <laughs> that that's happening right now. I think there's a very good chance that happens every time we do a deep dive, but, <laughs> <That's fair> <laughs> <enough>. <laughs> but I like the exercise and, um, I, I, I like to give credit where credit is due when they of course. actually do make these intentional things and, and we catch them and find them. So after the explosive call, Professor Woolley shows up back at the school. At this point, we know that he's Professor, or think he, think he is Professor Woolley. Again, I think this push or for Professor Woolley to be there and have a presence there was still done by the dean. And I guess Annie still after this, he exposes himself by, you know, mentioning um, where this desk was a time desk. And he's exposed as Sean Garrity, the actor, professor. Yeah, he only acts to pay off for scratching the dean's car. But yeah, my takeaway, the way I observed the episode, I just got the distinct impression that this was the next day. So some of the wheeling and dealing could have taken place if that's correct, if Mm-hmm. You know, Jeff says, you better make sure you've got your clothes laid out because we're going to night school. If that's yeah. the next day, at that point in time, Jeff could contact the dean and Annie could contact the dean. And then you get all those lovely crisscrosses that we see later on in the episode. I'm glad you made that point, too, because at this point, and I, I completely glossed over the fact that they had the chase scene through Fluffy Town and Fluffy Town, it has blown up and, you know, is overtaken pretty much like a whole part of the school so and, and it's i'd a... like to just say in defense of the b story here which it was relatively small in comparison but one of my favorites that's community mm-hmm. at its best to me is when this small benign offhanded conversation about building a pillow fort takes place 
and then by the end of the episode, it's totally overrun the entire school. Yeah. You know, to the to the point that they have Abed. Uh, no, Troy o- knows a shortcut through the Turkish district, <laughs> and he implores everyone to check out their civil rights museum. And the blankets that Leonard stole from his son are used for the Pierce's mom memorial tunnel. It's just like, oh my gosh! Oh, I did not know that death. last point. Oh yeah, no, Good it's point. it's so great. And again, Pierce's mom had died earlier. I don't remember if it was season one or season two, and they went to go get ice cream. Mm-hmm. So again, nothing, no detail is discarded. It never is. Never is. The other thing to catch too is like Britta being involved with Fluffy ends up being involved in Fluffy Town, even though she was, you know, insulting it at the beginning. Of the yeah, episode. she said, "I'm going to go do something more grown up," which she technically does in <laughs> Fluffy yeah, Town. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. Uh, okay. One more point about Fluffy Town and the just the whole existence of that. Troy has this awesome line. He says, "Don't look at me. They hid the proper permits <laughs> with respect to the Latvian Independence Parade." And again, it just shows how this totally takes over Greendale. I don't know if you know this or not, and I can't remember exactly where I read that episode aired on Latvian Independence Day, like in the real world. Latvia's Independence Shut Day. Shut the front door. You got to yeah. be kidding me. Yeah. So just, again, mind blown 10 times over in this episode. So many conspiracies. All right, so we got the setup um, for the for the conspiracy, and this is the point where I call I just call it the collision of everything and everyone involved with yeah. Jeff trying to scam his way through community college yet again. And so we have the confrontation of Annie, Jeff, Garrity, and the dean. The first shot we get is Annie shooting Professor Woolley for cheating at night school, being the first yes. one. Um, in order to teach Jeff a lesson, which was probably the whole initial reason this thing started was. Yeah. So, you you know, if if I can interject real quickly here, I'm just going to say at the end of the first or right before the first commercial break, when Jeff says he doesn't know who Professorson is. And then when Wooly slash Garrity gets shot at those two points, I remember the first time watching the episode thinking, I have no clue how they're going to resolve this. I have absolutely no idea what is going on. I think it wasn't until like my third rewatch. I was like, oh, I, okay, I get it. Yeah. I'm a little slow on the uptake. All right. So Wooly is shot. We can assume Jeff, Annie, and Garrity are in on this. And I guess the Dean, right? Everyone, everyone is in on Wooly getting shot. On the first shot, yes. On the first shot. I also want to note that after every one of these shootings, the Dean's response makes me laugh every time. I think without a doubt, Jim Rash's acting in this episode is the best acting we see throughout any episode of any season. Damn. Damn. All right. On our other deep dives, I'm going to have to hold you to that and see if I can find. Hey, that's okay. All right. I agree. This was a, like I said, I laugh every time. Jim Rash was amazing in this episode. All right. So Annie shoots Wooly. Then the Dean shoots uh, Annie for shooting Wooly which Dean and Annie were Dean, Annie and Jeff were in on. And then Jeff shoots the Dean to teach Annie about friendship. So I I have two pitches that, that the Dean and Jeff were in on it. And then I guess Jeff and Annie also had to be in on that. Right. At this point. Um, Yes. Because they have to coordinate Annie shooting Jeff. 
Yep. Annie is shooting Jeff for burying her like a shameful secret and also for conspiring against her. So obviously Jeff and Annie and she goes a little off script. And at this point, we got Annie shooting Jeff. Just about everyone's dead, right? Except for Annie yeah, and the so dean. The, I, I don't think the dean is in on that because that's where you get one of his first really big reactions mm-hmm. is when Jeff gets shot. Yeah, and he actually starts crying. Oh, I had another really big note uh, that I wanted to mention. Last week, we had discussed Jeff as being the biggest flirt. And Dave had pitched in or chimed in that Jeff will flirt with the Dean to suit his purpose. And I think this is a good example of that in in work. All right. Anything else before we jump to the, the last, very last shooting? Just that Wooly also has to be in on all of this because he says, okay, if I'm keeping count right, we mm-hmm. should be done here. Yep. So somehow um, Wooly is in Wooly slash Garrity slash Professorson has been in on all of this. Right. Which stands the reason that he's actually teaching a lesson on conspiracy since he's the one that is oh. in on all of them. There you go. Right. You know, to Jeff's credit at this point, he has, he's learned. He's, he has had to learn something but the about dean still won't give him the credit. Yeah. Poor Jeffrey. I mean, that's that's just the dean wanting to keep Jeffrey at Greendale as long as possible. So, all right. Uh, I might be butchering the enunciation here. Officer Kukowski. Yep, that's him. Uh, shoots Garrity to teach a lesson about prop guns, which is the greatest lesson of all. You know, 100% of fake gun shooting accidents, the victim is the one with the fake gun. Those are words <laughs> to live by. <laughs> do we even have paintball guns do you have you ever owned a paintball gun me personally no no i've never even been involved in like a, a paintball like get together hmm. i feel like as fans of community that's something we should take part in i feel like that could be orchestrated yeah all right bucket list also it's it's covid safe probably right i mean you got masks I mean, on. you gotta have a mask on that's something well, that's all I really had on, on the whole conspiracy part of um, the episode, which this A story was like a really, this was like a 90-10 split almost in terms of time, yeah. running time. I have one, what I think is a bombshell, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold off until I, I made sure we covered everything. It might be a bombshell. It might be something that has been caught already that you yeah. probably already know about, but... Well, go ahead, go ahead with it, because I've got one other thing that I wanted to say, but I don't want to steal your thunder, because you set it up pretty prominently here. Uh, all right. End credit scene? Okay, it, that's where I thought you were going to go. Is but it? Later. Okay. So it's funny. I For the viewers, I had actually done the wrong homework last week for our deep dive, and Adam had texted me that he found a bombshell for the previous episode, and he, and he definitely did. But I actually thought it was my reveal, the the reveal I think we're about to do here for the end credit scene, Abed and Troy are doing like a, a Mad Lib style uh, storyline. And this is the storyline they come up with. Once upon a time, there was a big spaceship in aliens, in mercenaries, in war, and betrayal, in romance, and karate, and credits, in the end. And they do that one word at a time, riffing off of each other. The joke is that Troy is the one saying and because he's so enthralled by Abed's storytelling, mm-hmm. which, to your point, is... Chief Star and the Raiders of the Galaxy. There you have it. I mean, 
mind blown, man. I, I was just sitting there baffled. I was like, I was like, yeah, all the conspiracy theory things aside, but like, this was the thing I was like, holy crap. They actually, you know, it's a very general thing that they, they kind of set up, but I love that episode too. In, Intro to the Recycle Cinema is probably one of, it's probably in my top 10 and, and just like to have that call forward, I guess, um, eventually to what ultimately becomes the storyline for Abed's sci-fi movie. Yeah, Got- and, and that's a great call. It doesn't come back until this. That's episode six. Excuse me, season six, correct? Season six, episode eight. Yeah, there you go. So that's, again, just an incredible example. No detail is left behind in community. The other detail that I wanted to mention was, uh, again, related to Officer Kakowski. In a couple episodes later, in season Mm -hmm. three, the foosball episode, Officer Kakowski is dealing with the, the misplaced slash broken Batman Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. He turns to Annie, like as he's getting ready to leave Troy Abbott in Annie's apartment, and he says, did I ever pretend to shoot a guy in front of you to teach you about gun safety? <laughs> Which is great, because like, obviously he does, but it's just so funny that someone would have that recollection. Like, as as the observer of the show, of course we remember it. But right. If he's a real character, like he's a real cop doing real things, and like he would only have a foggy memory of that. And it's just so funny to kind of put that out there that way. Yeah, I uh, I did not know about the call forwards, call back, yeah. Ah, yeah, whatever. Yeah, this was a fun episode. Um, that's that's really all I had for my notes on on this, and I'm sure we've probably miss something because oh of course it's such a deep episode that we we definitely oh i found one other thing now that Mm -hmm. i I think about it and i wrote down the time it's like nine minutes and 58 seconds into the episode you see one of the signs just you know in the hallway saying oh what's this way cafeteria is this way there is a reference to borchert hall and it says borchert hall this way which what Season five ends with uh, Samuel Borchert, who made his millions, or was one of the one of the founders of the institution. Oh. And he had his computer was all made of gold, and it eventually came back to save Greendale. What? Oh man! So oh, that's go. another good one. <laughs> Damn. So Damn. It's and and it just goes to show with community it's not a show you won't get the most enjoyment out of it if you've got it on in the background if you're multitasking if you're doing something else and there's plenty of shows that are good for that yeah in community once you've seen it and like really paid a a punch of attention to it you can definitely do that but i've been watching this show for 10 years and i still find new things like this yeah every episode we do can you even put it on as background noise anymore because i i find myself getting pulled in Oh, absolutely. It's 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 work, but it's definitely a labor of love at this point. It's just so rewarding. No matter what episode, no matter what part of it, you just get hooked in to your exact point. All right, let's leave it there for today. We would like to take this time to thank each and every one of you for tuning in and invite you to join us in our next episode, where we will be discussing actual current events regarding the show and its participants as well as which classes and professors we would elect to take were we students at Greendale. Apartment 303 is now available on Apple, 
Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you have any suggestions or are interested in collaborating, our email address is apt303pod at gmail.com. For Adam and Scott, this is Dave signing off. We will see you in episode seven.